Morning, class. Morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Like we were talking about in yesterday's class, uh, we're learning the ways of God. And his way is victory. His way is life. And uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. When we're born of God, when we're born from above, born again, that overcoming nature is part of the new birth. That's our spiritual DNA, if you will. Uh, God, you know, doesn't, doesn't spawn failures. <laughs> Uh, he didn't, his recreations are not failures and they are not destined for uh, defeat. And you and I need to discover uh, the greater one who's inside us and that victorious overcoming nature, that faith nature, and let that, not the fear that's out here, let that that's on inside of us dominate our thinking and our, our vision, our perception, our words, our actions. That's another way of saying live by faith, walk by faith, overcome by faith. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom. Let's release faith today for answers. Lord, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for direction, asking you, Lord, uh, for strength and help that only you can give. And we'll give you the praise and thanks for all the good results. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you'd look in Hebrews 3 again, and also in 1 Corinthians 10, for some weeks we've been on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And uh, you'll see this referred to more than one place in the New Testament referring back to the Old Testament uh, in examples of unbelief. Why do we, should we want to know about that? Well, let's talk about it. In 1 Corinthians 3, in verse uh, 8, it says, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err, in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Uh, the scripture said they, they tempted God and they tried Him. Uh, is that something we should do <laughs> or try to do? Tempt God? <laughs> this doesn't even sound good, does it? Uh, and you know, you remember the scripture says Jesus, in, uh, when He was tempted 40 days and nights, and one, that's one way he responded against the enemy. He said, it's written, you shall not 
tempt the Lord your God. And so tempt him to what? Tempt him to what? There are, it's happening today that people are speaking uh, in a provoking manner against God. You know, God, if you're real, you know, uh, where are you? Why didn't you do this? Why don't you help me? And that's tempting him to leave you to yourself. If you're saying you don't believe in him, you don't trust him, you're, you're tempting him. And to, to let happen what's coming out of your mouth happen for you and be the final word for you instead of his plan. And which is what happened to them in numbers. And you don't want to do that. Besides that, uh, God's not the one who's on trial here. Huh? <laughs> Does he, the, is God so insecure that he needs our... Approval that he's okay? <laughs> our vote, you know, our thumb up or thumb down for, for God? Uh-uh. He's not dealing with issues, any insecurity issues. None. It's we who are on trial. Whether we will believe or not. Whether we will listen or not. And so all the time they keep thinking they're going to test him, they're going to try him, they were failing tests every time, every time they thought they were doing that. He said, verse 10, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. So he must, uh, he must want us to know his ways or it wouldn't be reasonable for him to be grieved <laughs> if we didn't learn them. So one of his ways, and this is a big one, is faith. You're here in Hebrews 3. Just go over to chapter 11. Hebrews 11. We've quoted this, but let's look at it again today. Hebrews 11.5. It says, by faith. And that's how most all these verses start in Hebrews 11. By faith. Uh, the just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. It's not just that you're, you're saved, you miss hell and go to heaven by faith. That's the beginning of a whole uh, way of living. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I operate by faith. I function by faith. Every hour of every day of my life, I live by faith. Now it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should uh, not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Pleased, Pleased God. How many want that testimony? Yes. Huh? Yes. Huh? I'm looking in the camera. I'm going to see your hand raised. Okay, raise your hand. Huh? You know, you know you want this testimony. Want the testimony? Uh, God is pleased with you, with me. Hallelujah. And he goes, the very next verse says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, impossible is not a word you use much uh, related to God. 
Right? <laughs> impossible? Huh. As far as power, there's nothing impossible with God. As far as what he knows and what he understands, there's nothing impossible to him. And yet, there is something impossible. Uh, I know of, counting this one, I know of two impossibles with God right off. The other one is, it's impossible for God to lie. Impossible. Cannot happen. Never has, never will. God can't lie. If he lied, he would cease to be God. He'd cease to be who he is. Everything is based on his word. If his word is no good, I mean the universe comes apart. Because all things are upheld by the word of his power. Glory to God. I don't know if you thought about it or not, but it's still a mystery to those doing research. The tiniest parts of matter of our being, the, the atoms, the tiniest part, people are still scratching their head as to what holds them together. Why the particles, you know, circle and orbit the other parts. We're talking about the smallest parts of your being. What keeps them in orbit? What keeps them cohesive? What keeps them together? People that study it and think they know the most will tell you, it's a mystery. <laughs> well, actually it's not. It's held together by the power of the words God spoke. We don't know how long ago that caused matter to come into existence the, the cohesiveness, the, the holding of matter together, uh, you'll see some of the same qualities in gravity. And gravity is an amazing thing. If you think you understand gravity, I assure you, you don't. It is, people say, well, it's simple, you know, you, uh, the apple falls off the tree, it hits the ground. Uh-uh, there's a lot more to it than that. You also got to remember that when it's doing that, this earth is spinning and it's revolving around the star at the same time and it's different in the south and the north and east to west. Oh, it's, it's something. It's something. But it's gravity that's holding all of this in its, in its orbits. And because of the mass, how, how can it be? How does it work? God. His word is so powerful that when he spoke it, 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 create, it created the energy and power that's in the stars. The density of the cores of stars that produce the gravity that pulls these explosions back in, unto themselves. Otherwise, a star would just explode and that'd be the end of it. What keeps these things going? His word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said the power of him who sits on the throne, his words, he spoke and it happened. Well, his way is faith. That's how he did all that. And that's how he will continue to operate throughout the endless ages to come. And you and I are his children. And he, he expects and he requires us 
to operate this way. Well, there is no other way that works. There is no other way that creates. This is the only creative power. He, he expects. Everybody say it. He expects. He expects. He expects you and I to have faith. He expects you and I to speak faith. He expects you and I to react in faith, respond in faith. In fact, without it, there is no way you can please Him on any given day, in any, any situation, at any time. Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please Him. So you could call faith school pleasing God school. Couldn't you? Huh? Pleasing God school. Why? Why y'all talk about faith all the time? Why don't you? Do you want to please God? Every day of your life, do you want to please God? You know, besides being victorious and getting answers and receiving what you need, overcoming the enemy, this is, this is the bigger thing even. You and I were made for His pleasure. For his purposes. We would not exist. Without God had allowed us to exist. Had created mankind to start with. It's, it's his light and life. That gives us a brightness of mind. That gives our spirit. Uh, power and form and existence. That causes our heart to keep beating. And our lungs to keep working. And, and the, the electricity and life that flows through our nervous system. This is all from God's word that he spoke. And it continues to function through everything in his creation. It is spectacular. It is amazing. It is so wonderful. And it is all because of faith. Back up to the uh, earlier part of this chapter, verse 3, Hebrews eleven three 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By what? By the Word of God. We, we saw yesterday the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. And 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says, We having the same spirit of faith... As it's written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Believing and speaking is the spirit of faith. And is that what we're reading right here in verse 3? How did God create everything? He, he conceived it in himself. And he believed for it to come into being, and he released that faith with the words of his mouth, and the power of those words brought it into existence, brought it into being, and the shortened form of being is be, be. <laughs> and uh, have you read in the scriptures where God said, be, let there be? Well, that's the King James. Uh, if you, some of it could just be said, uh, instead of let there be light, it could be translated light be. Or light become. Light come into being. Uh, 
He spoke it into existence. It didn't exist. And he spoke it into existing, into being. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And the amazing thing is, he's saying, I want you to do what I do. Oh, did you hear that or not? He said, I want you to imitate me like a child imitates his parent. What? He knows you're not ready to create a galaxy. <laughs> Even a little small planet. You're not quite ready. I don't know what the future holds for us, but there's more to us than we know. We are made in His image. Is that a big thing to say or not? Who, who do you take after? Whose image are you made in? The image of the Creator God who created the heavens and the earth? I'm made in His likeness and image with the ability to function in a measure of His very own faith. The God kind of faith. God's own faith. Part of that is in me. Say it out loud. The faith of God. A measure of the faith of God. God's own faith is in me right now. Hallelujah. In me right now. Am I supposed to just let it sit there dormant and do nothing with it? Am I to ignore it and yield to feelings of fear and desperation on the outside? Or should we feed it? Should we feed it faith food? Should we exercise it? Should we believe and speak? Not fear, but faith. Hallelujah. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It didn't say, now some people will say, well, he, he made it out of nothing. That's not what it said. It did not say that. He made it out of things. That's not nothing. Things that, that you can't see. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's nothing. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist or that it's not real. Faith, how can you put faith under a microscope? What kind of uh, test can you do to, to, to show? Faith is not material. Fear is not material. Love, joy, peace. How, you can't see these things under a microscope, but are they real? Yes. Spiritual things are real. God is spirit. You and I are spirit. God's called the father of spirits. Faith is spiritual. And without it, you and I, it didn't say it's challenging, didn't say you can't do it some of the time. It is impossible to please God without faith. That alone should prompt us every day of our life to as we wake up and open our eyes and think, all right, got to have some faith today. Is that right? I got to have some faith. I got to talk some faith. I got to act some faith. Why? I don't want to go all day and night and not please God. Right? And it'll be my choice. It'll be your choice which way we go. Look in Mark, please, the, uh, the last chapter. Mark chapter 15. Said out loud while you're turning over there. Without faith. Without 
it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Well, you want to please God? Yeah. Can we please God? Yes, we can. It is, it is possible to please God every day of your life. It's possible. But you've got to make the right choice. You will be tempted to doubt. Not you might be. <laughs> you will be. You will be tempted to fear. You will be. You'll be tempted to get weary and tired and, and say wrong things and talk negatively. You'll be tempted. But here's the good news. Nobody can make you do it. Nobody. Satan himself, all his cohorts cannot make you doubt, cannot force you to talk unbelief. It's a choice, right? right. Say it out loud. I choose, I choose to speak faith, to speak faith and, only faith. and only faith. I refuse, I refuse to, talk to talk fear and unbelief. And unbelief. It's my choice. It's my choice. And I choose faith. faith. Hallelujah. (laughs) Somebody's getting this. Woo. (laughs) And what happens when you do that, you give the enemy nothing to work with. You give him no place, no access, and you give God full access. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You give God full access. In in Mark, the... uh, uh, what did I say? 15 or 16? 16 is where I want you, want you to go. 16, verse 9. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. And she went and told them that had been with him, and as, as they mourned and wept. And, and they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, did what? Did what? Believe not. Now, if you read the scriptures, had he, had he told them what was going to happen? Did he tell them three days and nights in the heart of the earth? Did he talk? To, he did. And yet, when Mary tells them, it happened. It happened. I saw him. He's not dead. I saw him at the tomb. What was their choice? No, woman, I don't know, (laughs) you know, you're just overcome with grief or something. We saw him crucified. When they took him off the cross, he was dead. We all saw it. Everybody knows. They put him in the tomb, dead, dead. Yeah, but he had told them, and it was prophesied. Numerous prophecies foretold this. He had told them. Just like Jonah, three days and nights in in the belly of the fish, the son of man. And he said, uh, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down and I've, I've been given command and authority to take it up again. He told them, but they chose not to believe. Afterward, after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the, to the rest. And what? Neither believed they them. 
So now we got, you know, multiple witnesses. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. People say, well, well, Mary just got excited. We don't know what's going on here. Well, here's two other men that come in, and they say, we were just walking on the road back there. And, and we looked up, and this, this, this man came up, and, and all at once he revealed himself. It was Jesus. It was him. He's not in the tomb. He's alive. And what did the uh, rest of the disciples say? Hmm? Could they have believed? Could they have? Are they making the wrong choice? And boy, this should be a lesson to us because these are people who spent time with Jesus personally. Didn't they? They traveled with him. They ate with him. They were in meetings together for years. At least, you know, two or three plus years. And yet, when it comes time to believe, they're like, nah, you know, we know he died. We know he died. It was a choice. And they made the wrong choice. And verse 14, afterward, he appeared to the eleven. As they said at meat, they were at the table eating, and Jesus pops in, <laughs> shows up. <laughs> and initially, it wasn't pleasant because he did what? Upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them, like Mary and the two that had come and told them, which had seen him after he has risen. Was he displeased with them? Yeah, upbraid is a strong word. It means he, he reproved them. He corrected them sternly. And you might think, well, hey, he's alive. Let's celebrate. He said, why didn't you believe? Why be so slow and hard of heart to believe? Why didn't you believe? Why'd you think Mary was lying to you? Why'd you think these two men were? Did Jesus expect more out of them? Yes. Can you begin to see without faith what? It is, it's, it's not okay to drag your feet and go, well, I just don't know. And I just don't see how it could happen. And he's not going to come and pat you on the back. Well, that's all right, dear. You know, bless your darling. No, he's going to say... You were with me for years. I told you this multiple times. Why didn't you believe it? Why weren't you ready to believe it? Doesn't mean he didn't love them. Doesn't mean he's mad at them for a year. It just means he expected more. Can you see this? And after everything he put into them, is that unreasonable? After everything they saw, everything they heard, is that unreasonable? After everything he's done for us, is it unreasonable if he expects some positive talk? <laughs> if he expects quick to believe? Huh? Say it out loud. I am a believer. I choose to believe. I choose to please God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our time's up again today. As you can see, there's a whole lot more to get to. We didn't even get to our second text today. But come back tomorrow. And we'll feed our faith and we'll please God better. I've got
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.